You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Hello, everybody. It's Robin here. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. Do I have a guest for you? I know I always say that I have the best guests and today is no exception. I just love bringing you all of these amazing experts for my show. I have Dr. Roseanne Capanna Hodge and just you wait until you hear her talk. She, you are going to love her. So Dr. Roseanne is a trailblazing psychologist with almost 30 years of experience in pediatric mental health. She is the founder and director of the Global Institute for Children's Mental Health and Dr. Roseanne and Associates. By the way, that website is incredible. Uh, Her Connecticut-based center, established in 2001, has helped thousands of children and adults reverse the most challenging conditions such as ADHD, autism, anxiety, depression, concussion, learning disability, Lyme disease, PANS, PANDAS, and so on. In fact, your expertise could fill a library of what you've done. And you have the books actually to back up that library. So welcome, 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 Dr. Roseanne. Well, thank you for that lovely introduction. And, you know, I've been working a long time. So, you know, that's what happens when you've been in the field almost three decades, right? Is you build a body of work and, you know, how blessed am I to be able to have helped so many kids, teens, and their families. So I have the privilege to be able to do that every day, which is pretty amazing. Oh, that's so great. And we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. And we're going to start by talking about teletherapy, because this is something brand new that's come up out of this whole pandemic. Now, it's been around before, like all over the phone and that sort of thing. But now everything's being done over the the computer, over telehealth, that sort of thing. Just had a doctor's appointment yesterday and it was over a screen. So, so you are helping people navigate this whole, this whole area of teletherapy. Yeah. So I just wrote a book that comes out um, in October. It's called the teletherapy toolkit. And it's the first book ever written on teletherapy activities that therapists can use with kids, teens, and families. And what happened was I, you know, have a team of therapists And once we kind of realize we've been doing teletherapy, I've been doing teletherapy for 10 years and we'll talk about what it is. But when I kind of realized that this is staying, people are actually preferring teletherapy for a lot of those benefits, right? Um, That it's convenient. You don't have to drive. Um, sometimes it's increased privacy. You don't have to see everybody in the weight room. Um, and just a lot of great things. And it's as clinically valid, according to research, as in-person uh, therapy sessions. So when I saw that teletherapy was going to be sticking around for at least a couple of years, I mean, you know, this pandemic isn't going anywhere anytime soon if we know about how long a virus takes and we look at the Spanish flu, it took about three years for the Spanish flu to resolve. Sorry, everybody, that's heartbreaking. Um, but we're moving through it. We're taking our stride. And um, hopefully uh, people are recalibrating and uh, using this time for health. Um, maybe a silver lining, right, Robin, of this time? 
I think there are lots of silver linings, actually. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I think there's a lot of kids that are thriving, actually. Me too. Home. And I personally love having everybody at home. I love it. You know? They get hot lunches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's called make your own lunch at my yeah. house. <laughs> it's even better. Uh, my kids love serious food. They are like food ease. So they, they like, uh, you know, one kid is homeschooled and already was homeschooled pre COVID, but the other child, um, goes to school five days a week because he goes to a very tiny little school. There's only like 40 kids K through 12th grade. So, um, so when we were home, when they were both home, you know, it was like, what are we eating? So, and they both had to cook for themselves. I mean, my youngest is only 10 and has been using a gas stove, uh, since he's six. Wow. So, and now he can use it without supervision. So he's pretty fancy. He can make all kinds of things. He can make his own soup. He can make eggs, pretty cool stuff. But the teletherapy toolkit was born with, because there was no book. And I knew not only did my own therapist need ready to use activities that are based on sound theory, but they needed to be engaging. They needed to be fun. They needed to be visual. And so that's what I did. And it's something that school professionals can use, OTs. And there's even a lot of really cool stuff for parents to use in this book because we do things like, you know, coping statements um, and learning how to talk to your kids so that they learn how to cope with stress, um, which you're going to give the link for all the parents to get that for free. Um, yes, but yes. yes, but you know, what is teletherapy? Teletherapy is therapy that is done through either the phone or video. And what is, has happened is that this has been around since the 60s. But now that everybody else is comfortable, like, you know, Robin, you've been using Zoom a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's no big and deal for me. It's no big deal. So when this all went down, people were like, what do I do? How do I do it? Now, like, people can see me in person and they actually are choosing to do an intake uh, via Zoom, which is so fascinating, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, there's a lot of benefits to teletherapy, you know, in that um, kids, can have accessibility if they're living in rural areas. You might be able to, like people regularly, it's not unusual for somebody to drive, you know, one to three hours each way to come and see me because oh, of my specialty areas. Well, yeah. now they can do a Zoom session. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just so cool. I know though, as, uh, as a professional that uses Zoom a lot though, I do get tired over Zoom. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I definitely like want to be animated and, you know, I'm kind of animated anyway, but then afterwards I'm like, huh, okay. What, how nice would it be to just have a regular phone call? But that's, that's, that's me. That's another. But what do you, so Robin, what do you do for Zoom fatigue? Cause I have my own hacks, but what do you do? do anything okay well let's talk about some zoom hacks that parents can use with their kids too so oh my goodness are they feeling it okay what do we do for zoom okay so one yeah write this down robin so one go buy some cheap old blue blocker glasses on amazon um and they sell them for kids they are very effective if you wear them right um to get up and step away and move. Yeah. Uh, you want to do that every hour. I mean, and you know, we would do that if we were at our desk. 
Like, why are we not doing that? It sort of feels like we're melting in there. Um, yeah. Get up in the morning and do exercise in the morning. I think that is really, really important to make sure that we're moving our lymphs, we're letting things flow in our body because this Zoom fatigue is causing not just the drain on our eyes, mm. but our bodies. Um, do eye breaks. So if you're uh, in between sessions, close your eyes for five seconds, count to five, and then give yourself five seconds for your eyes to readjust. This is really important because it allows the muscle of the eye to relax. Mm. Um, but, you know, and schedule breaks, like go and have lunch and go and do that. You know, you're not going to do 10 hours. Well, maybe you are doing 10 hours of straight work, but 10 hours of Zoom is very, very tiring. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It is yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't ever have, say I would do 10 hours, but I've done many hours, like maybe six or seven hours with, you know, call after call, client after client. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and it does get tiring and you want And to these kids are tired. They're doing, some kids are doing six hours of Zoom. So, you know, structure and routine, kids need structure and routine, make a break, schedule for them, put a break in there where they have to get away from their computer. Yeah. Don't let them game as a, as a, you know, or get on their devices in between, like absolutely not. They need to make sure that they're putting in structured movement breaks, yeah. non-negotiable. Right. Okay. I love that. And, and, and really it just resets everything, right? Brain, body, everything. And that's yep. so important. Like we need to be like, our kids need to be moving. We need to be moving. Um, and, and, and so I love that. So blue blocker glasses, get up every hour, exercise in the morning, you just kind of get the blood flowing. Um, eye break. So close your eyes for five seconds, allow five seconds to readjust and then schedule um, breaks in. Definitely. You awesome. got it. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you for that. That's great. Uh, I'm going to use it. And I hope everybody else d uses that too with, uh, with your kids. So, um, okay. So, so teletherapy you're saying is as effective as regular therapy, right? Face-to-face -face therapy. It is. Okay. Yes. According to research and, you know, what are some variables that make therapy effective? So a person's motivation and, you know, willingness to actually do some of the things that you're learning, uh, mm -hmm. therapist experience and quality. There's a bunch of other variables, but those are some of the biggest ones that make a determination. You know, sometimes people want to come to therapy and not actually do anything um it does happen more with adults kids are easy kids are always open to change their world is full of change um so but with teletherapy you know when you have a therapist who's really skilled at engaging right and that's that's what what the breakdown is no therapists were trained for teletherapy so they're all feeling inadequate right like they're feeling just like when they got out of graduate school so i created this resource that is literally a handbook that is not only easy to use but just filled with really great stuff with some of the most common issues kids are, you know, dealing with like focus problems and mm. stress and anxiety, OCD. Um, mm -hmm. You know, these are the things that we see in our clinic. Okay. Well, that's, um, I want to ask about focus issues, but I want to tell you something speaking of OCD. Um, I do have a son with OCD and I talk about him a lot and, uh, and we had the most incredible 
teletherapy experience. So I just want to tell you about it because we did a three-week summer camp online with our children's hospital here um, with their OCD clinic. So they did what they normally do in person, but they did it here. And so it was, it was, uh, it was intense to say the least, but three weeks, um, uh, was four days a week for my son and my husband and I were on three days a week because of course there's a parent part and then there's the kid part. And it, if I hadn't experienced it, I would not have believed that it would be this effective. Uh, what was so great about it is that because the OCD that my son has, um, he um, it's, it's a, a lot of stuff at home. So really, it was better than doing it in person where we would have gone somewhere, which would have been a drag because that would have just been, it would have just consumed all three weeks of the, you know, driving back and forth and all that stuff. Um, but the, the fact that we could move the computer around the house and say, okay, he's got a problem here with this, with that thing. It was so great. And his OCD is almost gone, almost gone. I'm right? guessing you did exposure and response prevention. Did you do ERPs? ERPs. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. let's tell everybody what it is so they can know. So, um, so first of all, this is amazing. I'm so glad that you did it. And I'm going to tell you that exposure, response, and prevention, ERP, is the most clinically effective treatment for uh, OCD. And yeah. I'm glad you found it because yeah. not enough of us are trained. We are ERP therapists in our center. It's one of the main reasons why people come to us, especially when they have pans and pandas, because um, pans and pandas, sudden onset of a psychiatric uh, issue due to an infectious disease store, source. And it's, it's, one of, it's my first book, co-authored book with Epidemic Answer, Brain Under Attack. And um, OCD is a common uh, yes. sudden onset condition. So what's OCD, first of all, then we'll talk about ERP. So OCD is when you have obsessive thinking or compulsive behaviors. You don't just have to have compulsive behaviors because people will say, I'm not hand washing. Like that's right. not what OCD. And kids have obsessive thinking way more than they have obsessive behaviors. And what are what is obsessive thinking? In particular, they will have a high need for reassurance. Like, mom, are you going to be here when I'm sleeping? Are you gonna be here? Are you gonna be here? Are you gonna be here? They make families get stuck in rituals. And OCD oh, yeah. always starts with one thing, anxiety. Mm -hmm. So they get anxious about something and then there's an uptick and then what they get obsessive thinking or compulsive behaviors in order to avoid the anxiety. And it's one of the most treatment resist resistant conditions out there Be mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons, but because the way the brain works, there's a negative reinforcement cycle and parents who are doing amazing things um, and all their things, they're trying to navigate this inadvertently reinforce the OCD. So like your, your kid says, are you going to be here? And you're like, of course, honey, I'm going to stay here until you fall asleep. Well, from a brain perspective, you actually reinforce this. And you're shaking your head, Robin, because you learned this in ERP. It's called family accommodations, Dr. Rosette. <laughs> you got it! We were doing them all the time. And yeah. And they were driving us crazy, but we didn't yes. stop because along with OCD comes OCD rage. So when we wouldn't do it, he would rage. Right. Right. And as 
as as a as a sweet mommy that I am, like I love my babies, right? And as a parent coach, it's very, it's very hard, right? We, we empathize up and down. But what I didn't know is that, you know, when your child says, you know, well, so, so what we learned, I'll just say this really quickly, is Good. Two, yeah. two different types, right? There's intrusive thoughts, there's it's just not right. And then there is uh, contamination. My yeah. son had, it's just not right. So he would ask us to do things like repeat random words. Like we'd just be having a conversation like this. And he would say, can you say this again? Can you say conversation again? Can exactly. You and and can it you, would, yeah. we just derail us. And so now we just say, no, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, there were yeah. other parents in the group who whose kids had intrusive thoughts about uh, about really serious things. Serious and things. Everything serious. from self-harm to yes. religious yes. things to yes. uh, dark things like demons. You know, there's there's all kinds of things. It doesn't mean your kid is crazy. Please Ooh, know no, that. Fact, it means that they're stuck. People. Yeah, they're right. the least likely people to do it because yeah. everybody has intrusive thoughts and they're the ones that worry about whether or not they're actually going to be the kind of person who does it. So beautifully said. Yes. Thank you. And so what happens is, is of course, as parents, we would say, no, my love, no, 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 you're okay. You're, right. gonna, you're not going to hurt anyone. But now actually what you have to say is, yeah, yeah, you might. <laughs> and, and the reason why, so let's talk about what ERP is because and it doesn't matter if you have OCD, it doesn't matter if you have anxiety, it doesn't matter what it is. And that's why I did this bonus of the coping statements, because wait till you see it. It teaches you how to help your kids cope without reinforcing those behaviors. So this wasn't planned, this conversation, and it just kind of organically came up, right? But our, we are not used to being uncomfortable, Right. And so oh, yeah. when people get uncomfortable, this is why people are reaching for antidepressants and benzos and all these other things. We are supposed to be uncomfortable and learn to tolerate it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now in a clinical situation with anxiety and, and depression and OCD, what happens is, and particularly for OCD from a brain geeky neuroscience perspective, you <laughs> actually reinforce it, just exactly what you did in that example. So what is ERP, exposure and response prevention? And you find an ERP provider at iocdf.org, okay? It's the International OCD Foundation. That's where you're going to find it. Or the Anxiety and Depression Association of America will have providers that are trained in this. And do not go to anybody with who is not trained in ERP uh, for OCD. You're going to waste a lot of heartache, a yeah. lot of money, um, and it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt your family. It's, it's taken 10 years. It's yeah. taken 10 years to get to that one experience. Yes. And look how quickly it resolved because they use science. Okay. So everything I do is about science and we need to use science. We don't check under the hood in mental health no. and our children are suffering. And if we just looked at the research, which is what I do and why we people get better and stay better at our center, because I only use research-based techniques for mental health. It's yeah, not rocket science and finding yeah. these things. You know what I mean? Like you could be a Google, you could be a Google MD and find these things, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to learn these things. So, so ERP is exposure and response prevention. So people really simplified. We identify what people's triggers are. What are those things? Like, so your, your son had intrusive thoughts. What are those intrusive thoughts? And you make a list of your intrusive thoughts. And then in a safe environment, the child or the person is exposed to them. 
they learn to understand that they can cope with them. Mm. And when you do that, you break this brain uh, cycling. It's called a negative reinforcement loop. And then parent education is paramount in this process. Yes. This will not work unless the parents are trained. And boy, does it require work. And oh. it, it's you did it super condensed. We do a condensed too. We do a two-week program too. Oh, wow. um, but typically, it's at least 14 weeks. Uh, please know nobody's got a magic wand. Therapists do not have a magic wand. And, notice, and Dr. Roseanne doesn't have a magic wand. <laughs> but when we do... ERP, we often pair it with neurofeedback or biofeedback. So we calm the nervous system down. Then they're more capable of rational thought and the work um, is easier because you're not activated. When we're in a hyperactivation of the nervous system, you're not as capable physiologically of rational thought. But ERP is awesome. It's awesome. And I'm so glad. And I also want to say that, you know, OCD can wax and wane at different points. And when you start to see it go up a little bit, you go back to your ERP therapist and you shut it down. But you're a perfect example of how you can reduce and often reverse mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so exciting um, to see, you know, my, my son not be gripped by that, to actually have a conversation with my boy without having to repeat. And, you know, so, so it, it gave us a huge chunk of our life back and I can't even so glad I, I I can't be more grateful. Uh, So, and and I'm sorry that it took you 10 years Mm -hmm. because it's silly that it took you 10 years. It's not okay. It's like, not okay. it's really not okay. Mm-mm. Yeah. And, nope. and there's lots about our story that is, you know, quite frankly, tragic because I spent most of the time thinking I, it was my fault, you know? Uh, and, and so anyway, that's, you know, it's one of those things I know a lot of moms do. A lot of moms feel a lot of shame. Oh my gosh. We're so terrible to ourselves. We are real and to each other and, oh, and, that's and to each other. Yeah, absolutely. We're yeah. All trying our best and we right. are incredibly strong with everything that we have on our plate, everything that we do. So, um, so I'm glad you agree with that. Cause I mean, you're a mama, I'm a mama, you know, we love our babies and we do so much. So uh, so much. And the world is hard right now. And it's really hard and people are experiencing stress and hardship and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and you know, I've seen people losing their patience and their manners Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, and we've got to be kinder to ourselves. Well, okay. So that, let me ask you then, uh, because I think that it makes me really want to ask you, like, what is the difference then between stress and anxiety? Because there's both happening right now. Right. And yeah. So stress, we all experience stressors, right? You know, um, somebody was unbelievably rude to me today. Right. So, which I'm never okay with. (laughs) And you have to, when you come to my center, you have to sign three different documents that says you will have good manners. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. mean, it's too bad you have to have that, but anyway. Well, do you know what I mean? And, and you know, why is that? Because we love you up here and we want you to be as loving to us as we are to you. But I also want you to tell me I'm having a bad day. Can you help me? Because I'm cool with that, right? You know what I mean? Just tell us, like, be like, throw me a lifeline. That's what we're here for, right? Don't, don't, don't scream at us. Cause, and don't scream at the office staff. Cause sometimes people are as nice as nice to me and they scream at the office staff, but yes. So somebody was rude to me. Life is a stressor. Who, who doesn't have that? So we have a stressor 
And, you know, the way our nervous system works is that we have a baseline, right? So I'm, I'm you know, for those of you listening, I have my hand down on, on, on the bottom and then I have a hand in the top, right? And so in between is our nervous system and what it does. And our baseline, we're supposed to be in a relaxed state and that's called a parasympathetic state. And at the top is a sympathetic dominant state, okay? So a stressor happens, somebody was really rude to me, I get anxious and then I go, okay, Roseanne, you know, and I, what do I do? I'm always a grateful person. I'm a glass half full, you know, all these things. I put in my resources and I get mitigated. Okay. And that's what happens most of the time, right? Then what happens is stress builds, stress builds, stress builds, stress builds. Your nervous system starts to become hyperactivated on its own. And stress can be good stress and bad stress. It, your body knows no different. Certainly when we're under bad stress, like, you know, relationship breakups or difficult jobs or a child that's having a hard time, it is going to feel a lot worse. But your nervous system gets in a hyperactive state right? And then what happens is you start reacting to things more and more and more. And this is the physiology of the body. This is not, you know, this is called psychonology. We understand what happens to the body under stress. And eventually those stressors can become anxiety. It can flip into clinical and in long-term anxiety often turns into depression. So we often think of mental health issues as only genetic, I'm telling you, that's the oh. least common thing that I see. What right. I'm seeing is a lot of chronic levels of stress. I'm seeing a lot of inflammation causing mental health issues. Uh, and then I see genetics. Now, the first two can pull out a genetic component. Um, and there's epigenetics. So there's all kinds of things where we're having mutations. But the difference between stress and anxiety is Anxiety is when you've experienced high levels of stress or distress for more than six months, and you are now clinically anxious at a level where it's interfering with something in your life. Maybe it's interfering with your relationship. Maybe it's interfering with how you sleep. There's something where there is a, an effect that is lingering. I always call it stuck. You're stuck in some way, um, and, and so that's where we are all stressed, but are you generally coping very well? You're generally kind of happy and, you know, it's okay for us to acknowledge this is a stressful time in the world, but um, some people have started experiencing panic attacks for the first time in their life, or, you know, I'm seeing a lot of um, depression due to social isolation mm -hmm. uh, of all ages of adults and kids, you mm -hmm. know? So, yeah. Okay. So, um, so, so you said stress over a long period of time, right? So that's your parasympathetic or your sympathetic. So this, the parasympathetic is your good, your chill out. The sympathetic is your, I'm in a maxed out. My body's preparing for war. It doesn't know what's going on. It's going to use all its resource to yeah. try to find this stressor. And that's where a lot of health problems come up is the body diverts its resources yes. to find the stressor. Okay. Okay. And so then would you say then that anxiety after six months or so of extreme stress turns into anxiety? So is that, is that really rooted in fear of it continuing to happen that you're just scared to, to, to experience it, these things over and over again? Like, is that what that yeah. is? 
Well, so, okay, so there's a lot of sources. So there's, there are people that get caught up in a fear-based way, right? And so, um, you know, in general, 70% of all decisions are based on fear and that we're avoiding something, right? Yeah. We're avoiding a consequence. Well, I don't want to apply for that job because I'm afraid that I'll have to work more hours or whatever it is. So, um, but what happens is, you know, it's really just an activated nervous system. And we're living in a world where there's things activating our nervous system, like being on Zoom all day or having a really hard job or a kid that's difficult or your kid getting bullied on the bus. Like, you know, I had nasty neighbors at the bus stop who wouldn't, who ex purposely excluded me, those ladies on the bus stop. And boy, do they regret that because I talk about them all the time. So, you know, <laughs> like whatever. So how stressful was that? Like, it literally was traumatic for me um, to experience that. So we all have these stressors that build within their body. And yes, we can mitigate them, but we cannot live in chronic stress. What will result is physical problems, mental health problems. It's mm -hmm. going to happen. And, and this is kind of where we're at with ourselves as adults and with kids too. So then what's the best way to manage that stress? Is it mindset? Is it ERBs? What is it? Yeah. So what a wonderful question. So, you know, I have a program called the Get Unstuck program, and it's really a way to teach parents how to change their child's mental health, but really to bring this to the family, right? So it's lifestyle changes. It's really saying there's things that I can do that I am in control of as the CEO of my family's health, right? Moms and dads, caregivers too, um, of all kinds, because we have families in all shapes and sizes in the world. And what happens is you have to start with the foundation. So that's nutrition, that's looking at nutrient deficiencies, it's looking at possible genetic mutations, which there's so many that impact mental health, but guess what? There's a lot of things you can do to mitigate them um, through, particularly through supplements and dietary changes and things like that. But I think most importantly, and really kind of like my Miss America platform is stress management, right? And we all can do things every day and you have to do them every day and you have to do them at least 10 minutes a day. So what are some great things to get your nervous system regulated so you can be what I like to call stress inoculated? So stress does not hit you in the same way and your body can recover because you can get the resiliency. So I talk about um, resiliency mindset right? And there's three parts to resiliency. And this goes back to stress because we want to be resilient to stress. So yeah. the first part is changing how you view it. The second part is changing how you manage it. And the third part is changing how you recover from it. And we can get wiggle room in all of these areas. Our nervous system's going to benefit. Our body is going to benefit. And our behavior is going to benefit, right? And some of us are more equipped at this. Like I can tell Robin, you're like a glass half full. You're a sunny kind of person. You're you and a, a glass half full person are not half empty, are not going to view the same thing at the same way. So what we can do is we can change and start small. We can start Start with those coping statements. Well, how can we get our kids to cope differently? How mm -hmm. can we have gratitude? 
how can we do things that change our mindset, right? Mm -hmm. um, we want to regulate our nervous system so we can do things like breath work, mm -hmm. right? Meditation, yoga. Uh, I always put in biofeedback because you can get very inexpensive biofeedback devices. And these are things that the whole family can use. Um, but you have to spend 10 minutes a day, minimum seven days a week, powering down your nervous system, getting it to be quiet, getting it to regulate. Um, breath work is cheapest and easiest thing. Nobody's got an excuse for that. You, you so, can Sorry to interrupt you. By breath work, you mean deep breathing? Yeah. 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 So let's, do you want to talk like a few easy ones to think about yes, um, is a, a four, seven, eight breath. So yes. it's in for four, hold for seven, out for eight. And you repeat that for rounds of three until you okay. regulate. Okay. And it's so easy. You know, I started doing these things. You could do a star breath where you trace a star. Um, you can have a little kid land a ground and put a put a stuffed animal on their belly yes. and practice a belly breath. Yes. I mean, there's so many kinds of breath. There's yoga breath. I mean, yes. just pick one and try it. Right. And it's not just like a buzzword to say breathe. It actually works. You cannot do that four, seven, eight breath and not feel better. It just, it, it's absolutely. Because. Uh, Right? The science of it, Robin, yeah. is to bring you down into a parasympathetic, calm, chill out state. Yeah. And that's it. And, you know, you start doing that and your nervous system is way more chill. You know, yeah. I always try to say to people, if you, um, planning a wedding, okay, super stressful. The day of the wedding, you find out you're not getting flowers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to be like, ah! But, you know, if you, if that happened at your kid's birthday party, you're going to be like, eh, you know, it's not as significant, right? right so when right. we start getting our nervous system to not react to things, our mindset changes. We are more equipped at dealing with things and we can okay. manage it better. I mean, obviously in the management of these things, we want to teach our kids. You just taught your kid to, to manage his intrusive thoughts. That's exactly what you did. And look at the difference in his mental health. Right. He's in control. He talks right. back to that OCD and That's boy, right. did he slay it. That's right. Yeah, he bossed back the OCD. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. I don't yeah. want to take credit for teaching him though. The amazing doctors taught him, but yeah, we yeah, we help him. And you know what I always say too, which I love to say, is when when people push back about stuff like this, right? Like, oh, I just, you know, I don't have 10 minutes, whatever. You know, oh, you know, and you talked about being uncomfortable. And the thing is, you're already uncomfortable. So why not do something that might be uncomfortable at the start, but at, is actually going to make a difference in your life? Like, let's do it. It works. It absolutely works and you have the science to back it up, which means no arguments, just do it, right? Yeah, I mean, I love that you said that. We already are uncomfortable. So yeah. take the time to do something that's going to unwind that and yeah. will bring calm to your life, joy, focus. I mean, so many people are unfocused, not because they have ADHD, it's because they have anxiety. You know how many people come to me, I do a brain map where I can see exactly what's going on in the brain, and they say... 
I've got ADD. I do the brain map and I'm like, no, you actually have anxiety. <laughs> um, and then we do a clinical history and we figure it out. But people are suffering because we are stressed. We are anxious. We're, we're doing all these things, but we can take that back. And like, you know, thank you for sharing your son's story who was really struggling for a while. And now, you know, you did some intense work and that's also got a science behind it too, because when you do it intensively, which is what we do for some of our peeps, um, you can unwind the behaviors easier from a neurological perspective, because he couldn't outthink it because we kind of, you forced it, right? Yeah, he's pretty smart too. He would try to outthink this thing. That's for sure. Yeah. But well, he's bombarded with it every day. You're right. Yeah it, yeah, it it was very impactful that way. If we had to wait every week, you know, once yeah. a week, once a month, it would not have at all. And it would have been all on us. Uh, and quite frankly, that's above our pay grade. You know, <laughs> serious work, right? Like, I love yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? It's yeah. worth it. I love doing, I mean, you do get a lot of change weekly with ERP. You do because it's done in a different style. But um, I love intensive work. I mean, I just think, especially when people have been suffering for a long time, to see change in two to three weeks, that's pretty amazing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. So this has been really good. Now, I, I, I said before that I wanted to kind of go back to how you can reverse these really challenging behaviors or, or conditions, I should say. They're not behaviors, they're conditions. So something like ADHD or... So autism got my attention, blind yeah. disease, hands, pandas. So what, how, how do you do yeah. that? And I know you have steps and, and different things, but how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like I said, I've had the privilege to work with so many thousands of families over these years. And, you know, uh, it is a partnership, number one. So you have to, just like you trusted and partnered with your provider, people yeah. do that with me. And so that's why we get a lot of change, right? So when you are working with somebody like a health coach, you mm. need to honor and listen to what they're doing and take those steps to implement, you know, and um, certainly you are the CEO of your own health, absolutely 100%, but you have to start by saying, what I'm doing isn't working, I'm here, so let me do these things and see them through. So I think that's really important because okay. it's, it's so scary out there. And just like you are somebody who's knowledgeable, you still struggle to find somebody. So oh, 100%, yeah. 100%, right? So number one, start with those foundational pieces that we worked, we talked about before. Um, and understand that it's multifactorial. So I don't have a magic wand. There's not one thing. But what I have found is that we address sleep nutrients, diet, uh, mm -hmm. stress management, and we do it very comprehensively together, not in a way that overwhelms people. Some of these, some of these issues are really serious and yes, it's, it's, it requires a lot of intensity, but yeah. if we took a standard anxiety case where kids are struggling, which let me tell you, kids are struggling with anxiety. That's the number one thing I've seen in 30 years, just go through the roof. And the research says now it's surpassed depression is the most common issue in America. So then the magic juju is to regulate the nervous system, come in with new learning. What's new learning? That's working with a licensed therapist to find new behaviors. And we often wanna think about, well, I'm gonna regulate the nervous system with a pill. 
And people, there isn't a pill to change behavior. It requires the unwinding of a learned habit. And learned habits can happen with a one-year-old. <laughs> and they certainly happen with 80-year-olds. So <laughs> everything in between, and that is really, really critical. And I think the things that, that I want to say to parents is that I'm, I'm there, I'm a special needs mom too, and um, you, everything feels overwhelming. Start small, start somewhere. Um, I feel the two most important things to start with are diet and using an anti-inflammatory diet. It's a lot of science about how it reverses and changes those symptoms. And then two, stress management. So whether you're adding meditation, you can use free apps like Headspace, right? Time well, I use Breathe. I love Breathe. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. So amazing. And you can turn it on by your kid's bed and they can do the meditation before they go to sleep. If you can do things that are so easy. Do breath work, do biofeedback, do yoga, do these things. Do them as a family. Like, yeah. right? I talk about my stress with my kids. I show them how I manage it. Yes. Often healthily. I'm not saying if you've driven in a car with me, sometimes it's not healthy. But <laughs> but I do EFT testing. I'm a human, darn it. Don't anybody, Dr. Rowe is not perfect and nobody should try to be perfect. No, no, especially don't try to be a perfect parent because that just doesn't exist. That's just silly. They're all, if they tell you there's nothing, their kids are fantastic and perfect, they're liars. Um, <laughs> don't believe what you see on Facebook and Instagram. Don't oh believe. my God, don't believe it. Don't believe it. You know, I have one child that is a glass half empty and another child that's a glass half full. Yeah. And, um, oh boy, they challenge you, you know, either both of them do. And, um, so, so for parents to understand how they really can reduce and reverse those symptoms. I mean, obviously, you know, we walk people through these things. I mean, I created a self-guided course, um, the unstuck program, and that's one thing. And then we have our book, it's going to be okay, which will come out in the winter of 2021. But these things are there and 90% of them parents can do on your own. I mean, I've seen a lot of mental health issues resolve with the focus on stress management and diet. I mean, I really, really, really have. Now, what's happening in mental health today is like your son, there's layers. Yeah. Right? And the longer you go on, the layers become greater, not just behavioral, but the body breaks down due to mm. that chronic stress. So you could get eczema in there or, or hair loss or stomach aches or um, a, a, a gut bacteria imbalance. And so you can do corrective work. Mm -hmm. And even though we may feel overwhelmed by that, I want you to think differently. I want you to think, well, wow, there's some solutions. There's mm -hmm. ways for me to get 5% here, 10% here, 5% there. There are lots of things that people can do to improve their mental health. And some of these things work really quick. Um, but behavioral and learning, it shouldn't be um, dismissed. And that's why psychotherapy is so, so important. And think about it as uh, somebody who's your coach to get you through and guide you, just like you experienced, Robin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference. We all need help and support. We all need, and especially in parenting, you know, to me, I, I look at it like nobody teaches us how to do this. Nobody does. 
let alone a child with special needs, right? You can have a typical child and, and be lost and having a kid with special needs is, is extra hard. And, and, then, and then we add the layer of a pandemic and you know a lot of other stress in the world that a lot of people are, are dealing with. And, um, and so can I just bring it back for a second to the virus? <laughs> because I, there, I, I wanna kinda ask you a bunch of questions about this, sort of fire some questions away. Sure. What do you say to uh, to the mom that, or, or the parent who has a child that might have a pre-existing condition, right? Um, and, and is terrified of the virus and knowing that if their child gets the virus, maybe that child could die. Maybe they can't visit them in the hospital. What do you say to that parent that is spinning out of control with sheer terror, fear, and anxiety? Yeah. Um, well, you know, first of all, you know, this is where moms and dads and caregivers need to put their own oxygen mask on and take care of themselves, themselves, because, you know, I was at ground zero. We're really a suburb of New York city where I am in Connecticut. And so things were bad. You can't even understand how bad it was in March and April and May. And, um, you know, I wind up pointing the term reentry panic syndrome because as people try to re-enter their lives, they were getting unbelievable amounts of panic. So what I want to say, I developed something called the REPS protocol, um, which is respirate, envision, um, you know, success, visualize that, and then practice stress management. And so put that oxygen mask on, calm yourself. And also want to validate some of these concerns are real. I mean, so, and, you know, I think it's most important not to push fear into our children. Our children are looking to us. They learn not to make you feel bad parents, but they're learning how they cope with stress. They're learning how they, to deal with this virus based on our response. A hundred percent. Even if you're terrified, pretend, you know, like, I don't want to say pretend you're not, but don't be openly freaking out in an hysterical way in front of your kids. It's not okay to do that. You no. can say, I'm worried about it, right? I'm worried about it, but then here are the things I'm doing to protect us, right? Exactly. And I think the larger conversation, Robin, is what are parents deciding? So like about a quarter of the U.S. population is homeschooling their kids right now, not even virtual learning. They estimate that they pulled them out of school. So you make a decision that works for you and your family and don't look for approval from somebody else. But if you're stuck in this high level of anxiety, seek out a therapist. This is important. Absolutely, it's important to do that. And they can help you because I've seen people with zero history of mental health problems with this pandemic experience anxiety, depression, and panic attacks like I have never seen in 30 years. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for all of that. That's really helpful. Um, Yeah, I I so agree with you about not putting it on your kids, right? You've got to be really careful. Like, yes, you can be worried and do something about it, right? But when when we're stressed, we got to be really careful what we say, how we show our stress, because when we're stressed, our kids are stressed. We know for sure that our stress is contagious. And then 
when our kids are stressed, it shows up in behavior that we want to change, behavior we don't like, behavior that we want to punish. And that's not good for anybody, right? Then you just start in this spiral of everything being affected and and we can stop it we can just like you said say okay i gotta put my hand up and ask for some help right now because this isn't good and you know i'll say to my kids too sometimes i'll just talk about my feelings i'll just say look you guys i am having a rough day today i know that i might come across harsh and i don't mean to do that so you know i i might need a little extra space or i might need an, an extra couple of hugs you know like talk about that's what i do at least talk about it because i want to normalize what it's like to have feelings feelings and have, you know, um, age appropriate, you know, explain, you know, look, I, I am a little worried or I'm a little stressed about work or this happened, whatever. And it's okay. And I need space and I'm going to go do a quick meditation or I'm going to go lie down, you know, Robin, I virtually say the same darn thing. Like oh. you, 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 you did it, said it beautifully. I mean, I do this all the time. Like you want to have that metacognitive talk with your kids. Like that's a fancy way like what you're thinking in an appropriate way, just exactly yes. what you said. Like, oh my gosh, this per something happened. Like, you know, something happened last week to me and my kids were like, what happened? I was like, literally mommy had to pull it all nighter. I won't be driving you to school or picking you up. And I'm going to do this, this, and this. We took care of it. And this is how I'm dealing with it. And then I'll meet you in the hot tub at 7 p.m. tonight. Yeah. You know, like they know there's things in the world. Like we're all trying to cocoon our kids. Like, no, we are going to be okay. Like even right now, what's happened? It's going to be okay. Like my dad is a World War II survivor kid. He's okay. You know, this is outside of our control. Nobody wants this. Nobody likes this. But let's just say, here's what we can control. We can wear our masks and, um, and not to get in a statement about masks, but if you're sending your kids to school, you must put a mask on. That is it. So whatever your philosophy is, we need to love our kids enough to say, you want to go to school? I'm cool with you going to school. Put your darn mask on. Let's cool, bedazzle it, feel good about it. Don't put your stress on them. But it's also okay to show that you get stressed, but show them how you manage it in a healthy way. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Uh, and, and I think that's so great. Love your kids enough to make them wear a mask. You wouldn't tell them not to wash their hands, right? No. So, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So is there going to be a long-term impact from this pandemic on our kids? I mean, you know, I think that first of all, I have to say that for the kids that are, are going back to school you know, kids are doing really well. We had all these worries. I know, right? We had all these worries about if they were going to wear their mask and this, that, and endurance, and they're doing great. Like they're doing great. And contamination levels, like for a place that was literally like hell on earth where we were, um, is they're doing great. So the long-term impact, I mean, there will be an impact. They're not getting the same level of education. Um, so there'll be a learning regression, you know, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. We're missing our peeps. I mean, I'm missing my friends so hard. Like I was always on an airplane and um, doing a lot of work and doing a lot of media, you know, and whatnot. And so then I would see all my friends in LA or this, that, and the other thing, you know, we're not going to see each other for a long time. It's going to be probably 18 months to two years before I really get together with friends that are a, a distance that I can't drive to. So mm -hmm. There'll be an impact, but also know kids are so resilient. 
so resilient. And the, one of the biggest determinations of their mental health is our mental health and how we're managing stress. They learn everything from us. They learn parenting from us. Yes. I mean, they learn how to cope with stress from us. So those conversations are really important and, um, you know, use this time to dive deep into a hobby and, you know, I mean, find other ways to, to do that, you know? So, um, you know, for us, I love traveling. Like we traveled all the time, you know, silver lining is we get to like, enjoy the Hodge camp compound a lot more. So <laughs> That hot tub at 7 p.m. tonight. That's where you're going to be. So yeah, and you know we got we put it. We got a um, another fire pit. You know we're always out there outside. You know, um, and my kids are like we have all the seasons where I live. So you know we'll find a way. I'm not going out there, kids, when it's you know below 30 degrees. It's not happening. Doctor Rowe is is a summer lover, but Mister Hodge will be out there in his gear with the boys. So. You know, you have to embrace where we have. We don't know, but I think that kids are going to be okay. It's, it's us. We have to learn to cope and use those skills and just share them with our kids. Yeah, I, th I think that's a great message to end on here today as well. Uh, and just reinforces the fact that we need to take care of ourselves first because it is absolutely essential for managing the well-being of our family right? So don't mess with this. Go and do your stuff. Go and find a way to get some help if you need help with your kids so that you can go and get yourself taken care of, right? Whether it's that meditation, that deep breathing, some actual, some, some therapy, do it. You're, you're, you're certainly not uh, going to, uh, it's not going to hurt in any way. It's, and it's not a luxury, Robin. It's not a luxury. We make self-care. This is a necessity. So find 10 minutes, go sit in the car in your driveway, go hide in the laundry room, whatever you got to do, give yourself that 10 minutes mm -hmm. um, and, or invite your family in on your, on your journey of stress management. Cause we do that all the time. We'll put a meditation on, you know, we're hippie dippies as I like to call, but I love it. we're not really, we're just using science to regulate our nervous system and be happy. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Where can everybody find all of your amazing tools and, and support? Uh, where can we find you? Because we yeah. already love you. I love you. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Um, so you can get my coping statements at teletherapytoolkitbonus.com. Okay. All one word, teletherapytoolkitbonus.com. And, and then you can find me on um, childrensmentalhealth.com or drrosanne.com. Okay, that's great. And I'll put all of those in the show notes so uh, everybody knows where to go to, to see you and get your, uh, get your help. Thank you so much for being here. This was the best conversation and we, we really need, just need to keep talking about it, right? Normalize it, talk about it. And, uh, and then, you know what? It just makes, it has a ripple effect in our family and throughout the world. And let's be honest, the world needs a little love right now. They do. And thank you for sharing in this really important conversation. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. 
For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.